Welcome to the day at Indy. It's been a long day at Indy. It's been a good one. It's been weird. It's had really big highs. It has brought us very strange lows. We aren't finished with qualifying this weekend for the 103rd Indianapolis 500. Indeed, the list of folks who are not in the show yet uh, into one of the 30 positions available for qualifying and locked in this. We have six who are coming back tomorrow morning and going to sweat a lot overnight. Since they aren't in the show, they're going to have a half hour of practice. They're then going to get a single run to make the show, make the final row. Six drivers for three spots. Fernando Alonso, James Hinchcliffe, Patricio Award, Sage Karam, Max Chilton, Kyle Kaiser. Uh, Kaiser, not a surprise, knowing that they just had a crash and they're not in an optimized speedway car, something with really great bodywork that is smooth and polished. Max Chilton, bit of a surprise. We thought he would be in safely. Sage Karam, another, honestly, big surprise. Not sure what is or isn't happening there with him. Been reports of him blowing up, yelling, just in a very not happy place outside the car. Uh, Patricio Ward as well, Pato, knowing that he crashed. He's in a road course car, something that is not even remotely perfect for going through two and a half miles of 220 plus mile an hour air and friction. Hinch? <sighs> yeah. I don't know what it is about this place that doesn't like him. The most likable guy in probably all of motor racing. Uh, yet again, another big crash. Was not hurt this time, thankfully, very thankfully. But the car itself beaten up very badly. Definitely, though, very thankful that the team went through what they did in years past here with Hinch, the 2015 huge crash. Last year with failing to qualify, the byproduct of those two very tough experiences is this this team came here in 2019 with a spare car prepared to the same level of perfection as the first and had that darn near completely ready to go so his crash here at about 123 or so in the afternoon uh, boy they had the spare car ready to go about two and a half hours later indycar rules all done in the name of trying to bring costs down, do not allow teams to have fully ready and prepared spare cars. Rule says, in essence, you can have one engine at a time. And so as a result, that engine will be in the chassis that's meant to be on track. It means the spare car is sitting there without an engine, uh, does not have all the ancillaries, probably definitely some work to do to get that ready. So in this instance, having to pull apart James's car. I haven't checked. I don't honestly know if the engine was hurt at all. It's just my ignorance whether they were having to unbolt that from the crash car and put it into the spare car or if Honda Performance Development rolled over a fresh motor for him. Nonetheless, the team was perfectly prepared to deal with this adversity and just immense, immense respect for the entire team for getting him back out so quickly. One thing he did not have, though, was speed. And so this is going to be a challenge for Hinch yet again. He will be a part of trying to get into the show. The obvious one, the big one, Fernando Alonso, the McLaren racing team, 
be honest here, actually felt like might have been overplaying the concerns about them in one or two of the Day at Indy episodes earlier this week, and not from a trying to hype up drama, but just trying to give a real genuine feeling of what I was seeing in discussing that with various guests. This is kind of sort of what I thought would happen, and this was before we started running on Tuesday, and I'm not claiming to have any super abilities to tell the future. I'm not a fortune teller. None of that stuff. It was, honestly, it all came from the Indy Open test here, whatever that was, April 28th, and I spent an hour and a half or so down in Fernando's uh, pit stall, standing there, just watching and listening. Some of the folks on the team, very good friends, know probably half of them fairly well, and just watching, just observing, and this is the part where my years of experience as an IndyCar manager, team manager, assistant engineer, experience as a mechanic uh, prior to IndyCar and whatnot, just comes into play a little bit because instead of just being the photographer, journalist guy standing there watching Fernando Alonso and this new McLaren Racing IndyCar effort, I'm not really just sitting there watching to see lap times or whatever else. I'm looking to see how the team is or is not working together. Looking at mannerisms, body language, uh, whether one guy's talking to the other and the other one is kind of looking away, not really paying attention, or when someone says something to that guy and that person walks away and the guy kind of rolls his eyes or does something dismissive behind the person's back. It's just these little indicators. You You watch it and go, huh, okay. I'm not saying that's all that happened there by no means there are just a number of things that really stood out as this is not a cohesive unit this is not something that looks well drilled there's a lot to learn not just on track from a speed chassis setup standpoint etc this did not look like a team that knew how to go racing together here's a obvious statement alert no shit, Pruitt. This is the first time they've all raced together. Just things looking back. And hopefully Fernando gets in the field tomorrow. I know it'd be very popular. It'd be a very good thing for the IndyCar series from a promotional standpoint. But one of the things I asked, suggested to Zach Brown quite a while ago, hey, you're putting this together. You've bought a car. You know when the date is for the Indy 500. You know everything you need to do timeline-wise. Why don't you consider rolling this team out at a previous event somewhere in 2019 so that when you get to Indianapolis, it's not like everyone, it's not like a bunch of housemates, not like a college dorm with a bunch of people having to all of a sudden live together and figure out personalities and who likes what and who hates this and this, how this person speaks and does this person rub you the wrong way and is that something you want to do? on pit lane at the Indy 500? Or would you rather try and go do, pick the event, Long Beach, Barber, etc.? And it's not going to be something where you're there going for the win necessarily, but you're going there to, as a team, learn how to work together, figure out who you are, and then have time, critical part here, time, to go, all right, hey guys, we did these things wonderfully. 
these things, okay, these things sucked. Need to improve these things. Another thing, too. I've been fired from a team. I was performing poorly. I had a very poor attitude. I absolutely deserved to be fired. Going and running early, giving yourself a chance to find out who you are, it's one of those things, too. Were there, are there some people where you go, hey, just aren't fitting in, man. So this isn't blame. This is just looking at a situation that is not a surprise at all, having just stood there and watched and seen the fact that there is a long distance from where they should be and where they are. And it sure is going to be hard to get there in the amount of time they have left before cars hit the track and go loud for practice at the Indy 500. So we'll see what they pull through. We'll see what they figure out here Sunday morning. It's going to be tough. One or the other, it's going to be dramatic. And I think the Indy 500 wins on that subject. Let's say thank you to Cooper Tires, as we do in every episode, for making this little podcast happen, our third anniversary. The Justice Brothers as well. They have come on this year. They are dear, dear friends and seriously important in making this podcast happen. Also, torontomotorsports.com. They are responsible for all kinds of great T-shirts and cartoon characters and stickers and you name it. A lot of stuff that's fun that we try to give away when we can. You can also buy on their site, torontomotorsports.com. They're going to be here seven days from now, actually. The pop-up shop they're doing at the Indie Memorabilia Show. The man I'm sitting next to, Robin Miller. I have seen the Robin Miller t-shirt that will be available for purchase. Uh, I believe he will spit on it, step on it. Um, the wipe his underarms on it if you want him to. He might even autograph it. He's only charging $100 per signature these days, so it's pretty good. Uh, but all that stuff aside, just want to say thank you to them and hope we see you next Saturday early in the morning starting at 8 at the Indie Memorabilia Show here right behind the Pagoda. And with all that said, we have Spencer Piggott, Tim Clawson, and Joseph Newgarden together. Tim Clawson's team that made it in. They are locked in now in 30th position with their brand new Clawson Marshall Racing Team and Pippa Mann. And then we close with Colton Herta. It's great to speak with Spence to start off setting the fastest average of the day for Ed Carpenter Racing, their Chevy Power Team Chevy, flexing their muscles for sure here. So start off with Spence, then move to both Tim and Joseph together. That was really cool uh, to have them together. And then closing with Colton, that kid, there is just, I can't wait for you to hear that part because the kid is just amazing. (laughs) His awareness, his grasp of what he does, uh, but also just his, I guess, much like Uncle Sebastian Bourdais, his desire and willingness to be open and just say it as it is. I mean, for a kid who's still a teenager, it's just, it blows my mind. So uh, as the fastest qualifier for Honda, uh, making it into the, I should say, uh, those in the fast nine who are going to transfer and vie for the pole. Yes, tomorrow. Good Lord, I need some sleep. Um, As the fastest person from the Honda camp, uh, faster than his, and any Andretti folks and otherwise, just super impressive again with this kid. So I think... Uh, You're going to really enjoy everything he has to offer here. And when we are done with Colton, well, we're just going to be done for the day. And hopefully you'll enjoy the little outro music. And then we will speak with you tomorrow with whomever we happen to have 
The Good Old Day at Indy, brought to you by Cooper Tires, the Justice Brothers, and TorontoMotorsports.com. I've got to tell you, Spencer Piggott, one main thing came to mind while watching you go out and set the fastest speed today. Road to Indy is pretty darn cool. And you, with everything you earned when it was named the Mazda Road to Indy, I think you're going to be 50 years old racing in IMSA, and I'm still going to be talking about your awesome coming up the ladder on the Mazda Road to Indy. But just tell me about how this feels. You still young, early in your IndyCar career, still someone that so many kids on the road to Indy look to you as the example of what can be achieved. I mean, that's a pretty damn good number you put up today. Just tell us about what you're feeling. Yeah, obviously feel really good. You know, it, uh, it was a tough run for sure. You know, it wasn't easy. It was pretty neutral compared to what we had been dealing with in other days. So, um, you know, as far as that's concerned, I was happy to get a good clean run. And, and obviously, uh, you know, you never know how the time's going to stand up initially. But once we saw a couple Penske's go and, and my teammates go and they, they weren't able to beat it, I felt pretty good. Um, and, yeah, you know, obviously it's, it's great to be here. I uh, wouldn't be here without the road to Indy. So, um, you know, I know I still enjoy watching all those races, the F2000 and, and Pro F2000, everything. So, um, you know, it was obviously a big part of my career. I think we saw a lot of uh, road to Indy representation here uh, today running well. So um, big testament to that and, and also to, you know, our team for, for doing such a good job getting another three cars in the Fast 9 yet again. How did you know your team was where I was going to go next in the discussion? <laughs> Of the many things I love about Ed Carpenter Racing's performance today on Saturday at Indy with your Chevy-powered cars, Ed Carpenter, fast, fast nine, not a surprise. Spencer Piggott, I think folks should see, especially after last year and, and whatnot, maybe they shouldn't be totally surprised. I think I might love just as much Ed Jones, yeah. right? I mean, we're kind of, and this no disrespect to Ed, it's the exact opposite, but the fact is... The quality of this team across everybody driving, all three in the Fast 9. Share thoughts about this. I mean, you have to be feeling, you're not making any claims you're going to do this tomorrow and claim the official poll yet, but you must be feeling like, damn, we got a pretty good chance. Absolutely. You know, I think, uh, like you said, it's not a real surprise to see our cars running so strong here at Indy. Um, you know, everyone does such a good job over the course of the offseason and then preparing for this race to to get everything out of them. Um and tomorrow, you know, if we do go for the pole, then I know I'll have a car that's that's quick enough to challenge for it. You know, no matter what the conditions, I think we've shown this week that all three of our cars have been fast in the heat, fast in the wind, fast in, uh, you know, kind of no matter what. So um, I wouldn't be too upset if it rains all day and we don't go again. But uh, if <laughs> we do... That was the dance you were doing earlier, we, the rain uh, dance. <laughs> if we do go again, then, you know, I've got all the confidence in the world that we'll be able to, to put up a great number again. I do need to ask, I heard a little bit about the cartoon character, I guess, on your sponsor, Auto Geek. I'm told it's characterized after you. Something maybe, possibly, I mean, they've yet to come out with a fat reporter car care uh, package, so I'm not on anything. But tell me about this, because, I mean, in addition to maybe folks getting to know more about you by performances like today, I mean, this is the kind of thing where a brand that isn't a household name yet, I'm guessing, is yeah. kind of happy to get that lift, too. Yeah, well, AutoGeek's been a partner of ours for uh, a couple years now, and, um, you know, as much as I'd like to say that they created their logo after me, I, I don't just think that's the it. case. Just just lie and create <laughs> I think the myth. Yeah, but it is a good coincidence. I don't know if uh, you saw the picture going around. We kind of, 
you know, mocked up myself in a, a green sweater and a red scarf yep. and, and kind of posed like it. And it was shockingly similar. Uh, I don't know if that's a good thing or not, but um, yeah, it's it's cool to hopefully uh, have AutoGeek logos and my can claim it, my face on the side of the car, <laughs> hopefully uh, on the front row of the grid. Let's close with a, another question or two, Spence. So knowing the stage you're at in your career, Again, this is just Saturday where you've locked yourself into a chance at the pole for tomorrow. How are you feeling career progress-wise? You don't do this for public recognition, but you have to look at the other pe- the other eight in that Fast 9 and realize there's some pretty well-known drivers yeah. with some championships, 500 wins. How does it feel career stage-wise to at least say, okay, I can play with these guys and I belong? I don't know. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's, you know, a big confidence boost for me and the team to to look up at the pylon and see my name. And then, like you said, 500 winners, pole sitters, champions below. And, um, you know, that's the kind of company I want to be in. You know, I want to be fighting these guys every weekend. Um, You know, I think we've made a lot of improvements this season and we are kind of in that category of of fighting at the front um, on a regular basis. And, you know, we need to kind of keep it up there and and get a win. Hopefully uh, the first one can come next weekend. I like the sound of that. Let's close on this, and it's maybe circling back to where we started a little bit. You are a driver, a young driver, who has maybe somewhat unique compared to some other young drivers. You've had a lot of support from a lot of people who've just rooted like hell for you. I could name a John Doonan from Mazda. We were kidding earlier about we know your dad is still f- trying to come down to earth after today's kind of performance. What kind of reaction do you get? What kind of love? How many hundreds of texts yeah. do you have to try and respond to tonight? Yeah, my phone's been blowing up a little bit today, which is, is really cool, you know, from family, friends, from people on Twitter, um, all wishing me luck. And, you know, obviously that means a lot. It's nice to, to see that support. Um, and it does, you know, I see it all, I read it all, so I do appreciate everyone sending their good wishes to me. And, um, you know, however many I get today, uh, I'm sure would be dwarfed in comparison to, to what could happen next weekend. Did you wish happy birthday to your PR Absolutely. Ace Pre-Rents very here? happy birthday you did to, say to you, Pre-Rents. You set that speed yeah, for her, right? it was. I mean... It was. it was a good birthday present. It's not totally done yet, but okay. uh, we'll finish it out tomorrow. I like your thinking <laughs> on that, Spence. I guess congrats on showing us what we've known you can do, but can't wait to see uh, what tomorrow brings for you. Thanks, Marshall. Tim Clawson, Joseph Newgarden. I don't know, well, I know where I should be super impressed that our champion here is at a really good qualifying, had a bit of a sneaky quiet month so far, but great performance in the Fast 9. I don't care where your car is right now, Tim. What you guys have done as a USAC team coming to a place that USAC teams once came to regularly, but have not for a long time, a dirt racing team, short oval team, is in the field of 30 right now, Joseph. I mean, you've done many impressive things to appreciate what they've just done. I don't know if there's anything that's bigger that's happened here in quite a while. This is amazing. It's very impressive. Um, I was impressed by a lot of things today. You know, certainly, certainly just the quality of this field is unbelievable. You know, the honor to be here and have an opportunity to try and qualify is, is something else. You know, I think it's, it's, um, 
it's the greatest race in the world, in my opinion. I'm not even from Indiana, and I feel that way, you know. <laughs> so I can only imagine the, you know, the 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 Hoosiers here um, that feel about this event, what they feel for it. But I was so stressed. I mean, I was sitting in the car with an hour and a half to go, waiting to qualify again. I'm sitting pretty comfortable, and I was stressed out. So I can't imagine, <laughs> you know, trying to just get through this day. And um, yeah, it was just incredible. I think you guys did a great job, Tim. So so impressive to see you come here, Be- beating the likes of McLaren, which is no easy feat. I mean, has Fernando been over at your garage asking if you know maybe you could feel the car from? I'm sorry, too too soon, too soon. But amazing, right? Tell us about this, Tim. This is a dream. Uh, it's you know it's incredible. You know my my first time actually coming to the race uh, as a. Uh, a quasi participant was when Brian came here in 2012 with 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 Joseph as a teammate, and I got to know Joseph uh, really well that month. And uh, obviously, has followed followed his career. Um, you know, we've 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 talked about maybe doing a little something together <laughs> way down the road. Um, this is actually our announcement. Tim, yeah, well, Tim I thought when I saw Joseph uh, sitting here because he knows he has a standing offer with me to run chili balls. So. I thought when I showed up, Joseph's here. I'm just going to start writing the press release, by the way. You guys keep talking. <laughs> now you know, Marshall. Yeah. <laughs> that's right. That's right. No, but, uh, you know, to, to come here a year ago, um, uh, you, know, we, you know, Pippa didn't make the race. And, uh, but what Pippa did following the race really was the catalyst of, a, of, of us even thinking about it. Um, she continued to work uh, for Driven to Save Lives for organ donation, and she honored um, not only our family, but Brian so well. In, and I'm sure Joseph can attest this, the hardest thing you're ever going to do, come here and not make the race and have to stay for the race. And um, it was race day morning where I saw her, and, and she was apologizing to me, and I said, you know, Pip, I, I, if there's anything in my power I could ever do to to get back, to come back here my own with myself and bring you um, with, with hopefully an opportunity to, 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 to get back in, then, then, then I want to do that. And, wow. I, and, I didn't, and I didn't do that as much. Um, I did it as much for her, the racer, but, but as much as her, the person. Um, I think um, one of the things that I learned after we lost Brian is that, uh, you, you know, racing doesn't define um, um, who, who I am. Um, getting to race... Um, is incredible to participate. The people in the sport are some of the most fantastic people ever meet. Wow. Um, but I, but I also want to do it with with people who are like minded and uh, and I and I got to do that with Pippa and uh, and I get to you know hang out with guys like Joseph, who's uh, just an, you know not only a great race car driver but an incredible person. And uh, um, I, yeah, it's just it's it's incredible what we got to do here today. Joseph, can you speak to? A really interesting dynamic between the two of you in terms of objectives for the day. You, I'm sure, will go to sleep tonight happy that you're in the Fast 9, wishing that you had set P1 speed. So, of course, you're thinking about how can I be better? I'm not fully satisfied. Tim, the the Clawson Marshall Racing Team probably had the polar opposite. Holy shit. We just want to make sure we can get into the top 30 and be locked in because if we have to come back to the last chance qualifier, who knows what could happen. Just just speak to the fact that while you're focusing on one thing, it's pretty, you know, they're folks focusing on totally different things as well, but equally important. Uh, I think in a lot of ways we have the same objective. You know, today's about getting in, you know, and and that's no different for Tim and their group, you know, compared to us. So I think we both feel pretty good. (laughs) We can we both can go into Sunday now feeling pretty solid. 
Um, you know, there's different levels of feeling solid. You know, we're feeling really solid because we get to go for the fast nine. But either way you look at it, we're, we're both in the race. I mean, now you can, you can really switch your focus to the race car and, and what you've come here to do, and that's compete on, on Sunday, next weekend. And, and that's what it's all about. So I think for us, it's a similar situation. We both checked off a huge but uh, a bucket today. And then uh, I'm so proud of Tim and his group and, and Pippa. I mean, that's, it's inc- an incredible achievement to just knock that off. And, and now for us, yeah, we got a little bit more to think about for tomorrow, but you know, at the end of the day, it's all about the race and, and we're both in. Let's close on this guys. Cause I know you've got other, lots of stuff to do. You have engineers who want to talk with you to figure out how you're going to get the mm-hmm. pole tomorrow. You're getting to wear these shell colors, this genuinely beautiful car here. I mean, I just think, although you've earned a championship for Roger, you've done great things, I at least think of that as kind of a, an extra level of honor for you to represent those no colors doubt. here. No disre- disrespect to one of my favorite gasoline chains, but if I'm thinking about a sponsor that's making impacts, I mean, for, I told Monica Hilton, who's doing your PR, I'm like, Man, you're going to be up all night tonight. You got a lot of stuff to write because you have this amazing story that cannot just resonate because of the underdog team, but the name itself driven to save lives. This is something that can indeed grow wider because of what you've just done. Yeah, I mean there's there's no doubt and but you know, make no mistake about it. The reason that why uh, Driven to Save Lives has grown like it has is uh, is because of this racing community. Um, you know, when we lost Brian we started a campaign to uh, for organ donation for registers, and we wanted to do a chasing 500 to honor Brian running in the 500. Uh, we were encouraged uh, not to be, uh, you know, we don't need to exaggerate our expectations, so we settled on 200. Um, uh, chasing 200. Uh, once we launched the campaign, uh, within minutes, 200 was reached. Within hours, 500 was reached. And honestly, within days, thousands were reached as uh, registrants. And, uh, and, I, and I, you know, there's things, there's moments after we lost Brian that resonated with me. Um, you know, we had these great racers from every different series, including Joseph, that not only to reach out to us personally to give their condolences, but in their victories and wins, they were mentioning Brian and mentioning organ donation. And so for us to get to continue sharing that message through a sport that we all have such a, a passion for and through a community of people that are the most giving, loving people that you'll ever want to meet, um, it's, uh, I, I, I mean, for me, I'd give anything in the world to have Brian right here with us today. Um, but to get to see his legacy grow beyond racing, and but with racing, is uh, is something that I'm most proud of. We just stop right now. I, I, I would. It's pretty cool. <laughs> I got nothing for you, Tim. You just you just shut me up. Yeah. Uh, but I, I just I do want to say I do love the fact that we are staring at. We wind the clock back seven years. Sarah Fisher Hartman Racing here. It's just so yep. cool to see how individually but still connected you t- the two of you are doing pretty cool things here at Indy. Yeah. Thanks for stopping by, guys. Thank you, Marshall. Thank you, Marshall. Colton Herta, we were, what were we doing, Robin? Were we laughing? We weren't applauding because we're not supposed to do that in the press room, but we were making a lot of noise. We were whooping it up. Yeah, were you effing kidding me, I think was Robin's statement. So you've kind of made a habit of resetting expectations i think for people this year Mm -hmm. tell me about not only making the fast nine but then saying yeah 
maybe do a little better in the fast nine. That was a ballsy decision there. Well, I thought everybody was going to go quicker. Um, you know, the temperatures dropped quite a lot, but the wind picked up, so yeah. it kind of equaled out. And, um, you know, I, from my expectation, it was like, okay, people are going to go back out, and I'm going to get bumped out of the fast nine, and I don't want to do that. Um, so, yeah, we, we trimmed a lot, actually. Um, almost irresponsibly amount for the wind. <laughs> but it, I, I'll tell you what, if point one less of a degree, and I would have been in the fence. Like, there was, that was it. That, I did not want every everything. My ass was telling me the whole time that this is not okay. Wow. That the rear is coming, but it didn't. Your aggressiveness. Look at this. Sebastian Bourdais is returning Sorry, video equipment. For you, but we're still <laughs> <back>. <laughs> I'm glad you've said what I wasn't comfortable saying to you, but I appreciate it. Thank you. Appreciate God, it. Look at that. Sebastian Bourdais is returning my video equipment. I mean, yeah. I've got him trained well. Huh? Mm-hmm. All I'm saying, don't let that be you in 10 years, Colton Herta. Okay. Um, your aggressive turn-in on your final run was very impressive to me because it seemed like not only were you obviously fully confident about the car that you had, mm-hmm. but that extra little, damn it, I'm carving and going, I assume in the back of your head there was something saying, and if the back starts to float, I can catch it. That's what it looked like to me, and it was really, really insane. Well, I just looked at it and says, I'm either going to go faster here or I'll be in the wall because of how much we trimmed. Like, There wasn't a point where it was going to be like, I don't know, going slower, this was going to be fast, or it was... It wasn't going to be fast, and we already kind of solidified ourselves into into the fast nine, so it wasn't too much of a risk, except for breaking the race car. But um, yeah, you know they they say there's two types of people at Indy: people that uh, have hit the wall and people that are going to hit the wall. So still in that group of going to hit the wall, and it hasn't happened today. But um, yeah, I think maybe maybe my butt's doing good, and, and I'm I'm not known for having a thick butt, so. I do feel the race car quite well. Maybe that's one of the attributes that helped me today. It's, there's a lot of butt talk on yeah. uh, the Saturday edition of the Day at Indy here, but that's okay. Are you having fun doing this? And again, I know in the car you need to be focused. Your Things are going at a million miles an hour, but there just seems to be a lightness mm-hmm. to this for you that I have not seen among a lot of other rookies this year. There's mm-hmm. been some, holy crap, this thing's trying to kill me type reaction from yeah. some others, but you seem to be in a pretty good, happy place. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I woke up very nervous this morning, but as I got in the car, I wasn't nervous at all, um, and I, I have no clue why. Mm. And um, for sure, I know the risk, and I know what can happen, and, and you know, but it doesn't doesn't really get in my head. I'm... It, I think that's one of the good things about me is I'm very headstrong. So, you know, despite everything that's going on, I'm able to focus. I'm able to not be distracted. You know, if a, if a guy put it in the wall as I was about to going out, as I was about to go out, it, it wouldn't affect me, I don't think. Let's talk a little bit about the day in general. I know you were in the car for a certain portion, but I'm sure you were also observing some of the things taking place. Mm-hmm. We just had Tim Clawson here. Mm-hmm. They locked, they grabbed the final, you know, carryover locked-in spot for the 500. There's some behind them, though, that you go, holy 
Oh, yeah. Rap. yeah there watching. are some names that are going to be sweating their behinds off as we talk about butts once again, mm-hmm. who aren't going to be sleeping easy like you. What comes to mind when you look at a Hinch who had another crash, unfortunately, Alonzo, yeah. etc.? That's rough. That's rough for Hinch. You know, he's already had a few big ones here. Um, and, and yeah, that doesn't do anything for the confidence. I'm sure. I don't think he would, was taking it easy, but I'm sure it's in the back of his head, and you don't want that ever around here. Um, you know, feel for Pato. You know, I think he's, he's quick enough. I don't know what's going on, or, or, you know, obviously maybe the backup car isn't a speed. So I was going to say, that's one of the things we've seen. Felix yeah. with his spare, yeah. Pato with his spare, Kaiser. It seems Pato, like. Yeah, Pato's not a guy that's going to sit there and be like. Oh no! I crashed. Um, this is PTSD. I can't do this. He's got no fear, and um, very surprised that that he's out from a driver's perspective. That's not a guy that that won't qualify for Indy. He's good enough to qualify. So, must be something with the spare car. I'm not sure. Maybe the body fit isn't as yeah. good. And it's weird. Like, like you could have with the Andretti cars. We're all the same setup and completely different speeds. This place is just weird. That's just how it is. So today, obviously, is just determining who gets the opportunity to go for pole tomorrow in the mm-hmm. Fast 9. So things are going to get zeroed out. Give me some thoughts about seeing Chevys, obviously, being pretty darn strong. Hard to ignore yeah. that for someone in the Honda camp. But also, I mean, we're talking about a young Colton Herta being fastest among the Hondas. Yeah. Uh, your general atmosphere teammate, Alexander Rossi, uh, was eighth. Mm-hmm. Seb was ninth. So I think from a power standpoint, we've seen that the Hondas can certainly t- be there. Yeah, we're right? not too far off. And they made a great step this year too. From last year, I think anybody could say that that was completely, you know, disappointing. And I'm sure Honda would feel the same way. But the the work that they did in only a year to turn it around, and the little tricks that they can find with mm. these engines, there's not much. It's yeah, yeah. very difficult, um, and and you would be surprised with the stuff that they do to make the engines faster. It's very weird, little bits, little stuff, and um, and yeah. So it's it's difficult. They made a big step this year. Are we on the same level as Chevys? I don't know. Probably not. I got Maybe a, a little bit less, but we can we can race them and we can qualify close to them. That's the most important part. A friend from Honda today on the topic said, "We don't come here to qualify." Yep. Mm-hmm. That's a pretty damn good quote right there. Mm-hmm. Let's start to wrap up, Colton. Talking about this Harding Steinbrenner team, man. We're not talking about you and crazy amounts of money, and you've done a trillion miles. I realize the Andretti Technology relationships mm-hmm. an important one. It's not as if that the car drives itself. It's yeah. not as if it sets itself up. Let's talk about this young team, and I think maybe you and Nathan O'Rourke might yeah. be the thing I love most. You guys have. What is it that you found that just we're makes we're both you guys incredibly click? irresponsible? That's why we go so quick. Good. They're like ah, uh, big gambling. I, like, I don't think we should trim that much. I was like, oh, I think we'll be fast. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> Like, I know what I'm talking about. I've never been here. Um, <laughs> he's like, ah, okay, whatever. Probably good enough. And, um, yeah, we're, we're, we're <laughs> I don't know. I love working with Nathan. He's been awesome. The whole team. And I hate that the, the fact that we signed this Andretti deal, it kind of overwhelmed the, the work that the boys put in. Like, 
everybody was saying, oh, now we're fast because of injury. Write it blah, off blah, blah, because. Blah. But the, the work that they put in on the dampers was actually very exciting over the offseason. And, um, and, and even before they signed that, they were already making in-runs. If you remember Connor Daly with the top 10 effort at yep. Toronto. Um, and, and that's no easy track to set up for. There's a lot of these places that incredibly difficult that they showed up to race and just yeah just a big shout out to the crew as well um they they've been working they've been working man and um miss mother's day from working on the speedway car getting it turned around um yeah so i try and spend as much time in the shop as i can because it's not fair when i get to go sunbathe in sunny los angeles all the time so when i'm here i like to you know do a normal at least nine to six shift in the shop. Whenever the guys leave, I'll leave. Um, what are you doing while you're there? Whatever, nothing. Whatever they need. Yeah, I don't. I don't really usually work. I clean the car sometimes, but I'm also learning still too. You know, this is the first time I ever used a weight jacker. They just taught me what a weight jacker was. I didn't even know where it was on the car or what it did. I found out. Oh, that piece, and it does that to the damper. Okay, that makes sense. So, um, yeah. And it's it's all these little things. I still, yeah. There's a lot that I don't I don't know. I don't know how to control the gas pressure in a damper. How they do that. So I hang out there and trying to learn always because it helps. It helps when you're talking about setup for a car and it's oh we're doing this and then you can visualize it and then you already know what it'll do to the car so you can expect the balance shift and go even quicker. It seems like the team is appreciating and respecting that curiosity in you because there are some teams that be like. Yeah, 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 yeah. Your mm-hmm. job is in it with the helmet mm-hmm. on, turning the little steering wheel thingy. Sounds like they love the fact that you want to be there and just absorb all you can. Yeah, uh, I think it's important as a rookie to be able to do that. Um, and and yeah, you know they're they're 100 behind me, which is such a good feeling. And they're always there to to give me a bump and always excited when we do well and still excited when we do bad. And like just like Indy GP. They're like, hey, we're fast. That's the biggest thing. If, if we can be fast everywhere, you're going to learn from all this, and, and you're going to be able to be a championship contender in the future. If you, if The biggest thing is, like they say, is it's easy to make a, a, a fast driver slow down than a slow driver speed up. Yep. So, Last thing for you, Colton. So you've obviously been here throughout your whole life. Mm-hmm. You've seen this. You, again, you know the flow of this event. Share with us to wind down on... What it's like actually being in the middle of it, it's walking out, seeing crowds today That's for so qualifying. Cool. Just yeah. what's it been like for you to experience it as a driver? It's cool. You know, you come out of the tunnel and people go, oh, Herd of Mania 2.0. It's yes. super cool. Yeah. People are using it. Where are those uh, t-shirts, man? You should be raking in the know, money off of those. I know. Well, we do have something to do okay. with Herd of Mania 2.0 okay. with New Era coming out soon in a cartoon character-esque t-shirt. I didn't say that, though. No, I but I heard rumors on the yeah, internet. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. That's yes. what I heard too. Um, and then yeah, so that's once that comes out, that's gonna be sweet. I think that's gonna be a good seller. Um, and then um, the, the it's so cool people are walking around with my hats now. It's super cool to see. Never really expect that. And um, yeah, I always try and stop for the fans because it's not for them. You know, make a living getting to play race cars, and that would suck. On that theme, what's it like now? I know you've obviously been a part of a field of 23, 24, but this expanded field of 36, whether oh, it's a guys. driver's meeting or just getting to see some folks, you know, we, mm-hmm. don't, we don't always get Fernando Alonso here. Yeah. Are you trying to soak in some of that too? 
Yeah, it's cool. I had to play blackjack with Fernando Alonso last night. You did? Yeah. Did you win? I did. Well, crazy story. Me, sorry, well, I'll, I'll do this first and then I'll answer your yes. question. So me, Mateus Leist, and Spencer Pickett, we were playing blackjack, probably won around. This is fake money. This is for an event that IMS holds. Um, and the money that they produce gives us the prize money for the lap 200 liter, lap 150 liter, so on. Um, so me, Mateus Leist, Spencer Pickett, we were all um, gambling and uh, we, we probably started off with like 300 bucks each. We each maybe made 200 bucks. We had $1,500. And and then we lot, we put all our money together. We said, okay, let's go to um, the uh, roulette table and let's play roulette. So like, okay, whatever. We lost 500. We have 1,000. We're like, okay, just put it on red. Wins. 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 And then put it on red again. I'm like, oh no, it's gonna lose. And grab it. No more bets. Take take one thousand off the top. We lose the money. Put it on red twenty five, and what? it hits. So we won thirty six thousand dollars in fake money, <laughs> which was pretty cool until it was fake, and then then it wasn't so cool. Aww. So then we just did an irresponsible bet and then left. I kind of like the crash and burn aspect there, but did you know Fernando? Since he's got like eighteen trillion, was he just pulling out real cash? You know what I mean? What no, was he doing? no. I'm pretty sure if you don't make that much money from being an idiot, you don't make. Well, you're staring at me and Miller, so okay. we, we're kind of living proof yeah, that yeah, that yeah. doesn't always pan out that uh-huh. way. <laughs> <laughs> well. Again, we're we're impartial here, Robin and I. We don't root for anybody, so of course we could care less how you're doing. But if sure. you were to hear some folks in here responding loudly when you do well, it might be two old farts writing about you. So anyways, mm-hmm. just happy to see things going well for you, man, Thank and you. just keep doing what you're doing. The sport's do. getting better with you in it. 